Welcome to Prostate Cancer and You, a podcast produced by the Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Coalition and the mission to educate, connect, and support men at risk, newly diagnosed individuals, survivors, and their families. It also connects organizations and professionals in Massachusetts seeking to conquer and cure prostate cancer. Hello, I'm Jordan Rich, and coming up on Friday, May 10th at the Newton Marriott Hotel from 7.30 a.m. to 2 p.m., it's the 2019 annual Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Symposium, leading prostate cancer specialists, providing up-to-date information on the very latest in prostate cancer treatment and research in user-friendly language. You can find out more and register at our website, masspcc.org. One of the many terrific speakers will be Dr. Adam Keibel, Chief of Urology at Brigham and Women's Hospital. His topic will be treating the prostate with radiation or surgery in men with a small number of bone metastases. First question for Dr. Keibel today, can you talk a little bit about the progress of the disease when it metastasizes in the bones? So prostate cancer, not surprisingly giving its name, starts off in the prostate. Our goal is to treat it before it leaves the prostate or monitor it to make sure it doesn't leave the prostate. But unfortunately, sometimes it does. I mean, if, if the cancer actually never left the prostate, it, it would not be as big a problem. But it spreads, and it can spread to the lymph nodes, and it can spread to the bones. It can spread to other organs as well, but the real ones that it, it spreads to the majority of the time when it does spread is to the lymph nodes, which are uh, small glands that are distributed throughout your body. Its job is mostly to uh, deal with infection, but also uh, can serve the purpose of attempting to filter out cancer cells, uh, and then to the bone which obviously can go almost anywhere in your body, but for prostate cancer, it tends to occur in the spine uh, and the pelvic bones. Obviously, getting diagnosed early is important. Right. For a long time, the goal was to diagnose everybody early, treat uh, everybody before it had a chance to spread. One of the things that we've realized over the past decade, or maybe even longer, 20 years, is that there are many patients who have prostate cancer, which is going to cause them absolutely no harm. That's unlikely to spread and that we can safely monitor. And if the cancer looks more aggressive, then we can go ahead and treat. So the pendulum swung away from treatment. Now, the problem with that is there are many patients who hear that message and think, my prostate cancer doesn't need to be treated. And there are still a substantial number of patients, clearly more than half, that have the kind of cancer that does need to be treated so that we can prevent it from spreading. Obviously, symptoms would be different with an advanced cancer, but in general, what are patients dealing with? So the vast majority of patients that we diagnose with prostate cancer have absolutely no symptoms. I mean, uh, PSA uh, picks up the cancer before it has a chance to cause any harm. When patients have symptoms, that's actually a very bad sign. Uh, That's a sign that the cancer cancer has become more aggressive. Now, it still presumably can be localized. Uh, It doesn't mean that when someone has symptoms that the cancer is incurable, but it is a sign that it has had multiple years to progress and to spread. Those symptoms in general are difficulty voiding. Sometimes it can cause uh, blockage of the of the kidneys, the ureters, the tubes that lead down from the kidneys. That tends to be very silent, but obviously can lead to renal failure and sometimes blood in the urine. The uh, metastatic cancer is when the cancer is actually spread to the, to, as I said, predominantly the bones and the lymph nodes, but can spread elsewhere. Predominantly, the symptom we see is pain, either due to the cancer growing or due to a fracture, a break in the bone because of the cancer. Now, there are tools at our disposal that you will employ and people in the medical field will employ. Let's talk about some of those tools when they come into play. And I know each case is unique and everyone's a special case, but let's talk about radiation. How does that enter the picture? So radiation is a, is a curative treatment for localized prostate cancer before the cancer is spread. In our uh, presentation, we're going to talk about slightly more advanced cancer, but its primary role is in patients who the 
cancer has been detected early when it is still susceptible to radiation. It tends to be in an older patient. And uh, the other place that radiation therapy is increasingly used is in metastatic disease. In irradiating patients that have a small amount of metastatic disease with the idea that uh, it can control the metastatic cancer, uh, maybe decrease the time until a patient needs to be treated with hormone therapy, uh, and therefore doesn't have the side effects of hormone therapy for a longer period of time. Right. And this is targeted radiation these days. Yes. I mean, radiation therapy has improved tremendously over the past, you know, 20 or 30 years, and I suspect it will continue to improve. They do a much better job of focusing the radiation therapy down on the cancer or the organ of interest, in this case, the prostate, and not delivering as much radiation therapy to surrounding normal tissue, which is safe, but can cause some side effects. Dr. Keibel, can you talk about surgery as an option? So surgery is also an option for localized prostate cancer before the cancer has had an opportunity to spread. It tends to be used in younger patients, uh, healthier patients, mostly because of their increased life expectancy. And uh, the opportunity to deliver additional therapy is a little easier in somebody who's had surgery than radiation. But essentially, it has the same goals as radiation therapy, which is to cure the patient of the cancer before it has an opportunity to spread. Doctor, what are some of the uh, implications that patients ought to be thinking about when it comes to surgery? There's a clear benefit, you know, if you have the kind of cancer that's going to cause you harm, that you can be cured. I mean, for most patients, the likelihood of dying of prostate cancer is if they have surgery is, is less than, you know, 1 to 2%. Now, that's obviously for the right patient, depending on the stage and grade of the tumor. But there's a cost associated with that potential cure. There's a general risk of surgery. Surgery is generally well tolerated. Uh, most of the complications are extremely unlikely, uh, but they can occur. Uh, and then the big ones that people focus on, which are impotence and incontinence. Both are clearly an issue for patients, and it's one of the reasons why I, I love active surveillance, which is taking patients that have low-risk disease and having them avoid treatment it's not the treatment we want to avoid. It's the side effects of the treatment we want to avoid. However, for the right patient, we can perform the surgery, usually robotically, sometimes laparoscopically, sometimes open, but usually robotically, and minimize the potential complications of impotence and incontinence. It can be a side effect of the surgery and something the patient and the physician need to discuss ahead of time and make sure that everybody is on board with. But with the right techniques, uh, we can do this with a minimal disruption to a patient's life and improve their longevity, which is the ultimate goal. You mentioned hormone therapy, which has met with a lot of success over the years. Yeah, so hormone therapy has been the backbone of our treatment for prostate cancer uh, since the you know 1940s. The person who developed it, Charles Huggins, actually won the Nobel Prize for it. It was one of the first targeted therapies, and uh, it is used to control metastatic cancer. It's also used in conjunction with radiation to improve the cure rate of patients who get radiation therapy for the right patient, not for all patients, but for the right patient. It is not used anymore for patients that just have localized prostate cancer. While it's very attractive to use because the PSA goes down and everybody feels like something is being done, uh, patients don't actually appear to live any longer. They get radiation for non-metastatic localized prostate cancer. So it is the backbone of our treatment for patients whose cancer has spread. What about a combination of any of these or all of these together? Is that part of the arsenal that you're employing? Until recently, surgery and radiation have not been used for patients whose cancer has spread. But we have increasing data that if we use these systemic agents, not only hormone therapy, but also more advanced therapies like chemotherapy, 
novel hormone therapy that is, is not the kind of hormone therapy developed in the 1940s, something that's much stronger agents that have been developed in the past couple of years, that if we use them for patients who have high-risk prostate cancer, so it's localized, but it really doesn't look good, okay, that we actually, this hints that we may actually cure patients who are otherwise incurable. And the idea behind that synergy between the localized disease and, and treatment with radiation or surgery and the systemic therapy is those patients may have some cancer that's already spread that we ha- can't detect. And by giving them those very strong agents, we can kill the systemic cancer in addition to controlling the localized disease. So taken to the next step, we're increasingly exploring the idea that if somebody has metastatic disease, that we should not only treat the metastatic disease, because that's, you know, that's the big threat, but also treat the localized disease to prevent the cancer that's still in the prostate from spreading to elsewhere in the body. And by using the combination of two, we hope to take patients who you know, presumably don't have cancer that's curable, make it curable, actually cure some of these patients that have metastatic cancer as opposed to just simply prolonging their life. And that's the idea, that's the goal, that's the you know hypothesis uh, but now we have to prove it now we have to show that it actually works so as for a sort of standard option no nah, I wouldn't say it's true but as a, a way of thinking outside the box yeah I would say it's definitely true and, that, and that's what we're going to be exploring in our in our discussion uh, at the uh, upcoming symposium the data is robust is good particularly in patients that have low volume disease that this local therapy may actually improve outcomes, but we're still in its infancy of thinking about it like this. And our hope is that the early data holds up and and shows a clear benefit in the future. Dr. Keibel, what about the longer range future and what's out there that might look promising down the road? So we live in very exciting times. You know, when I trained about 20 years ago, there was absolutely nothing that made patients live longer when the cancer had spread. And we were talking life expectancies of, you know, less than five years. Uh, Now we have agents that have been shown to make patients live longer that have metastatic prostate cancer. So what we're doing, if you have breast cancer, if you have colon cancer, if you have bladder cancer, if you have uh, lung cancer, how do we treat you? We treat you with local therapy, radiation or surgery, depending on the disease, and systemic therapy to take care of any small cancer cells that might have spread already. And that's where we are right now with prostate cancer. We're running large trials where we take patients that you know have a higher risk for having metastatic cancer, uh, and we're treating not only with the local therapy, that being surgery and or radiation therapy, but also a systemic agent, very strong hormonal therapy or chemotherapy or immunotherapy, and having those agents kill any cancer cells that might have already escaped the prostate. And, and we're doing the same for patients who maybe we can detect a few cancer cells that have spread. We can actually see that they've spread. But we're going ahead and treating those patients in the same way, eradicating the local disease as well as eradicating the metastatic disease. And the goal is to take patients that presumably were incurable and cure them so they can live you know, long and fruitful lives. Our thanks once again to Dr. Adam Keibel, Chief of Urology at Brigham and Women's Hospital. He'll be speaking at the 2019 Annual Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Symposium, Friday, May 10th at the Newton Marriott Hotel from 7.30 to 2 p.m. The complete lineup and registration information is found at the website masspcc.org. 
We invite you to stay tuned to future podcasts featuring valuable information and resources, the latest in research and treatment, and stories of real people who have challenged prostate cancer and won. To learn more about the Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Coalition and to hear the Prostate Cancer and You podcast, again, go to masspcc.org. That's masspcc.org. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and with all Android players. I'm Jordan Rich, wishing you a fabulous day.